0: Anxiety, talk about it with me. Strange, same page, safe place. Therapy is great, and this ain't the same, but we're crying behind sunglasses anyway. Crying behind sunglasses. This is the Soulfire Production. Hey, sunnies, I'm Katie Dahl, and this is Crying Behind Sunglasses, a mental health podcast for cool people. And just a quick disclaimer, this podcast is not meant to be a substitute for therapy or medical advice. I'm not a doctor, I'm just a person who is very passionate about your mental health. So if you actually need help, please speak to a therapist or if it's an emergency then call 911. I'm just purely here to make you feel less alone about all the shit that you're going through. If you're new here, welcome and don't forget to subscribe. If you've been here before and you're a loyal sunny Thank you. If you want to show me some love, then leave a review on this podcast and be nice about it. My fragile mental health cannot handle bad reviews. (laughs) These times have been crazy with the riots at the Capitol and the inauguration happening on the same day as this podcast is airing. It feels like a lot of uncertainty. So just please make sure to go easy on yourself. We are all in crisis mode right now. And check in on your friends. It's totally okay to not be productive in the middle of a pandemic with so much social unrest. You're good. You know, people can wait a little bit longer for you to respond to that email. This is just a lot for everyone to handle, let alone if you already have anxiety or depression or whatever it is that you're dealing with. So just just up that self-care game. Now's the time. And actually, if you need more support, you can join our private Facebook support group, which is at facebook.com slash group slash crying behind pod. You can hit us up on Instagram at crying behind I'm at Katie Dahl on all the things. And after you finish listening to this episode, if you want to learn more about anything that we've talked about or more about our guest, you can check out cryingbehindpod.com. Now, again, getting back to self-care today's episode is a lot about cannabis. Ooh, Uh, we've got comedian, chef, and host of the Weed and Grub podcast, Mike Glazer, on the show today. We discuss how to find the strain of weed that works best for you, his journey with therapy after being raised in the Midwest where therapy was just not a thing, and the silliest thoughts that both of us have had while we're high. Also, this episode was recorded in December of 2020, so any political stuff we mentioned might be a little outdated. Okay, without further ado, enjoy. Today's guest is an old friend of mine. I actually, I feel like the last time I saw him, he was playing a didgeridoo in a comedy show. (laughs) Uh, He has a really great podcast called Weed and Grub that is all about- Comedy and weed and food. Please welcome Mike Glazer.
1: Does that sound like a Disney
0: <laughs> Kinda. Cool. Yeah.
1: Cool. Fun. Do
0: you, I'm sure you remember that. That was a while ago. That was it. Joe Carden on his show. Um, at it wasn't it? Wasn't Nerd Melt? It was a theater right next to it.
1: Ruby, the Ruby Theater.
0: The Ruby. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I loved that. I was his one man band sidekick and. Uh, I loved that show because it was so loose and we didn't need to try too hard. We could just have a good time. And I learned I can't play the didgeridoo, but you can't really not play it either. It's it's the perfect way to just make a sound and act like you know what you're doing.
0: (laughs) I mean, I watched you play it several times and I would argue that you do know how to play it.
1: I think everyone knows how to play it. (laughs)
0: well but you have to have that like lip vibrating motion which not everyone is able to do it's like
1: but have you right? katie have you ever hit a bong
0: <laughs> yes
1: then you know how to play a didgeridoo
0: oh okay. you know what i'm saying like wait, i feel like it's in one-to-one the bong, no but the bong you're sucking the air out the didgeridoo you're blowing the air in
1: true and that would make the bong water go everywhere <laughs> Well, that was a bad, that was just bad. I'm already (laughs) being called out. I love that.
0: Like, I was going to bring up all the weed stuff with you anyway, because that's like, you're the expert and uh, that's what your podcast is about. So it's a perfect segue. But (laughs) um, I appreciate you coming on here and um, just being open to talk about your mental health and everything. Uh, How has your mental health been during this lockdown? Has it just changed in different waves or has it been kind of the same?
1: I think I'm like a six point eight out of ten right now, roughly like I'm decent, headed towards reasonable and
0: okay, so six point eight out of ten as far as like your overall well being
1: yeah, my deal yeah, I would say <laughs> so, and um i it's, I mean we've been as low as negative one, we've held on to a three pretty tightly for quite a few months, and now I'm right around a six eight so the the roller coaster has kind of rounded its last loop, I hope.
0: <laughs> I mean, 6.8 is, is pretty decent for like the state of the world.
1: Yeah, I'm just over it. You know what I mean? Like I'll show up again for Georgia in January. But until then, I, I'm going to like do me and focus on my deal. And that makes the world a lot lighter to be a part of.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean like the, all the months leading up to the election, where it felt like, oh, we all have to take action, we have to talk about it, we have to post about it, right? Yeah, like i it's I've exhausting. Seen,
1: it, it is, and I've hit, I've texted stop to every single text message for fundraisers. I've unsubscribed from every single political email. Um, I, the rest of the gear is, I'm going to focus on my projects, my family, my friends, my whole deal, and then I can be even stronger and come out. A little bit hot and energized for 2021 to get back on the political um activist bandwagon to make the world a better place. But I can't make the world a better place if I'm not in a good place. So I gotta do me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like that old cliche, like put on your oxygen mask first, or like hit your own bong first, I guess, in your
1: case. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, that makes sense. I think um I'm going to be like we're recording this now, but I feel like I might not even release the interview until January because uh I'm going to just take like all of December off and just recalibrate, go into my weird little den, you know, do a lot of self-care.
1: <laughs> what what does self-care look like for you?
0: Um my, for me, I meditate every day. Uh but being more consistent with doing it in the morning, right when I first wake up, like keeping that morning routine uh as well as taking a lot of hot baths. Uh, yeah,
1: I have a bathtub. I just got into Epsom salt. I had no idea. It's unreal. You
0: didn't know that it exists?
1: No clue. I'm not a bath guy and I've had a tub at my apartment now for since I've lived here and I've used it twice, but my uh right. I just I just got Epsom salts and they're fucking great. I'm I'm uh I'm new to this whole bath thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, that's so funny that you said that because actually I've had a similar experience. But the last apartment I lived in had a bathtub. I was there for about a year and a half. I maybe used it twice. And then I moved to this new house. There's not really anything different. It's not like this bathtub is better. But something about (laughs) the loneliness of isolation, or like just wanting to put myself in this warm thing, or maybe like as we get older, all of our joints are just falling apart. <laughs> it just feels feels good, and I've I've become a bath person.
1: Yeah, I I don't know what to do. <laughs> they give me anxiety because I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be doing in a bath, and everybody's like, "You're just supposed to relax and like be in a bath," and that's a nightmare to me. That sounds like a nightmare to to just like be in a place and be present is uh is like, oof, that doesn't sound relaxing at all. That sounds like the opposite.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but isn't what we're doing right now you and I are having a conversation we're being present with each other it's not that bad
1: no it's great yeah if if I could take a bath with another person and then try and monetize it I'd be so happy
0: wait let's do that Let, that's the next podcast just like, uh, like bath time with Glazer yeah. and you just have totally non-sexual normal hot baths with your guests yes yes <laughs> Yep, uh, I feel like this would have to happen post COVID because I don't know how we would do this.
1: <laughs> yeah, unless the bathtub Without was like ten feet long, like a like a dining <laughs> like a dining room table in Richie Rich. Just a super oh long bath. God. How fun would that be?
0: That would be great, actually. It's like a lap pool, but hot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know what? You sold me.
1: I love it. Like a limo length jacuzzi. (laughs) I've never seen it, but I want one.
0: Well, they do have limos with jacuzzis on the back. Mm. I've seen that. Can you make the
1: whole limo a jacuzzi
0: though? Because that would be so sick. You know what? We're gonna get on that. I'm gonna look it up. I'll I'll let you know okay. if I can find one to rent in LA. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I will. You're making me think. Uh, I mean, thank you for plugging my podcast Weed and Grub. And mm-hmm. um, on it, we do talk a lot about mental health stuff. My co host Mary Jane and I, and she came yes. up with the idea. I've always wanted an infinity pool. I think that they're just beautiful and luxurious, and a dream get for me. It's on my vision board, and. She was like, what about an infinity bubble bath so that I could like soothe and meditate and, and like filled with Epsom salt? An infinity bubble bath would be a dream.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, honestly, if you have an infinity pool, you can like some days make it a bubble bath and then clean it out and have a normal pool. Let's it's choose your own adventure. It's Yeah, it is. <laughs> bath edition.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I was listening to your podcast and I really enjoyed it. I like how... It's just, like, it's very relaxed. I do feel the friendship between you and Mary Jane. It's not just, like, two people that are super scripted or trying to be perfect all the time. And I really enjoy, like, just how laid back it is. And also, like, you are able to share all of your expertise, but, like, in this chill way. Does that make sense?
1: That's the nicest compliment. Thank you so much. (laughs) Because we really try to be aware of how boring it can be to, like, be educational. Like it can make your eyes roll back. Even if you're into weed and getting high, like learning is boring a lot of the time. So we really just try and share what we're passionate about and share what we know. But in a way that doesn't sound like you're watching a TED talk you didn't sign up for.
0: Yeah, no. And that that's something that I've been trying to do, too, with with this, because talk about a lot of things where I'm like, oh, you should do this and this and this if you have anxiety or whatever with depression, but it's like, no one wants to sit there and listen to my psychology lecture. Yeah. (laughs) You know, people want to laugh.
1: Can I ask you how you feel about getting advice?
0: You You can give me as much advice as you want. Oh, no, no, no. I'm
1: very wary of advice. Like, are you somebody who's receptive to advice or do you say go fuck yourself before you even think about if it's good or bad advice?
0: So unfortunately, I am in the (laughs) latter camp. I don't know what it is about me. I'm very stubborn and I'm very independent. So if someone gives me unsolicited advice before I even hear what it is, I'm already like mad and (laughs) shut down. Yeah, 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 totally. (laughs) But what I do like is if someone says, hey, can I, they ask permission, like, can I give you advice on this thing? And like, nine times out of ten, they'll say yes, but them asking. It flips my brain a little bit where I'm slightly more open to hearing what they have to say.
1: Slightly more, but yeah, still on guard. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. I don't know what's wrong with me. Are you like that too?
1: A hundred percent. That's why I ask. Because I think I think <laughs> okay. in, in listening to your episode with Jesse, and it just sounds like you've, I don't know how long you've done therapy, but it sounds like you've done it. And just because of the way you talk to people, like you're very conscious of what you want to say to other people, because it seems like that's how you would like to be spoken to, and wow. I I really appreciated that. And so I was just wondering if if it, when it comes to advice, somebody should ask you first before telling you what they think you should do.
0: Yeah, I I think that should go for everyone though, right? Yeah, like because who am I to like? I yeah, sure I know you. You're my buddy, but like I haven't talked to you in a while. I don't know what your day to day like is, life is like. I don't know what your inner monologue is and all the shit that you've gone through in your life that's led you to this point. So who am I to tell you what you should do? Unless you're in some sort of like life-threatening situation and I'm like, "Hi, I'm going to help you." Yeah. <laughs> you know, other than that, I'm like, "No, if you're not hurting yourself or other people, I'm kind of I try to be Hands off or ask permission.
1: Agreed. And advice is really tricky, too, because if you listen to it and it doesn't work out for you, then there's like this dent in the connection Mm. between you and that other person. Or the opposite of that can be if you listen to it and it works out, they get to take a little bit of the shine. And it depends on if they're if they can just let you have it, or if they have to then be like, see, told you, and then they've inserted themselves into this narrative that you didn't ask for. It's a very, I don't know, it's, I, I'm real sensitive to it.
0: <laughs> That's interesting. So, do you, did you get advice from like a friend or a therapist that turned out that way for you, where they were kind of trying to take credit for? I just feel, what feel you like done? everybody
1: knows what they should do and knows the answer to shit, and nobody should really ask a lot of questions. And you kind of already know the answers to your deal. Like when I'm at a Q and A for like the Writers Guild or something, and somebody raises their hand and asks a question, I'm like, "Bitch, you know the answer to that is like writing more or reading more or watching." Like people just want to talk to talk, and I I am I'm real against that. And so when it comes to things like advice, and I'll talk about my therapist in a second. Um, yeah. When it comes to things like advice, I, I love that you are just like, yeah, you should you should ask permission to give your advice. And then you can't be offended if they're like, actually, no, I'm just going to do it my way. Like whether I'm scared or not. I love that.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I think it's, it's really important. I, I think this is from my mom. She really instilled in me just a sense of really intense independence because she was like this badass eighties stockbroker business lady who was doing it for herself. Didn't want to hear anything from no man. So I just like grew up seeing that. I was like, okay, yeah. So that's what I'm supposed to do.
1: <laughs> yeah. Fucking that's so powerful. That's great. Yeah. But do you, does it get you in trouble though? Because you, you don't necessarily, it's not that you don't work well with others. It's that um, people let you down pretty easily.
0: Uh. Yes you're a and yes. right? Yes. Because I'm a perfectionist. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's a problem because when I try to outsource things, nine times out of 10, they're going to do they're either going to be too slow or they're not going to do a good job or they're going to do a good job that they think is a good job to their standards, but not by my standards. Yeah. And then I just end up feeling like an asshole because I'm like, hi, thank you for doing that. But also, like, could you have done this part, too? Um, 100%. And so it's its difficult. Like, I mean, I was on a sketch a house sketch team for about two years. Um, and that was a big exercise in like, um, working as a team because you're just, you've, I mean, are, have you been on a house team like, or like on a team that was just strangers that were thrown together for improv or sketch or anything? In Chicago, I was, I
1: didn't really pursue okay. it once I moved to LA. So, but I'm super familiar with it.
0: But you know, like the dynamic. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I sure I'd only seen you done stand up, So I didn't know if you'd done the group stuff, but, um, it's interesting because with that, you're managing a lot of different egos, a lot of different ideas, and it really taught me a lot about being able to like sit back and take, take the back seat sometimes and just let someone do their idea, even if I think it's terrible because it's not always my place to say something. Totally. You know, And then by the same token, also, like if I have a thing and someone's like, hey, can I make a joke pitch on that, letting them do that. And then uh, letting it be collaborative and not just being like, oh, this is my idea. Everything I say is better. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, on the sketch tip, I think there's so many universal truths and rules that in, in in like emotional human management when it comes to teams like comedy teams. And it gets you mm-hmm. so far in life. I remember I was assistant directing for Second City, Chicago, and I was assistant directing their 100th main stage review. So I got to like be in the room with these incredible, incredible actors who are now, you know, doing incredible things in L.A. and New York and on TV and in movies and da, 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 da. And the thing I really learned about their writing was they always wrote for themselves first for the show, but made sure that all of the supporting characters in each sketch were Juicy enough that somebody would want to be in that scene with them, so they gave the yeah. they gave everyone the laughs, but they made sure they took care of themselves first so that they shined the most while letting everyone else shine as a part of it and and it made for the best chemistry and it made for like the best vibe in the green room because everybody supported each other while getting their attention that they needed
0: yeah, yeah, and it's a good metaphor for life it can be applied to a lot of different things where no matter what you're working and you always have to do group projects at work. And if you are in charge of pitching some sort of idea, make it, make sure that it's not just something that's going to benefit you, but it's going to benefit a lot of other people as well.
1: Yeah. You got to serve the show. You got to serve everybody. (laughs) It's great.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Anyway. So you were telling me about your therapist, something about your therapist and how they gave you advice or did it I, oh, it was earlier. well, I'm,
1: I'm what with, was that. Oh, boy. I mean, well, I'm with a brand new therapist. We've had four sessions now. My old therapist, okay. um, when we started, she was just pregnant. And so as okay. we continued our sessions, she continued to get more pregnant. And so it was a very weird thing where I knew and she knew that our relationship would be ending within mm. eight to 10 months. And mm-hmm. it was a, you you really had to give it your all for yourself and know that something was going to end. And, and and that was really weird. So it was like a weird breakup. That is for me. weird.
0: Well, you know, what that reminds me of. Have you ever seen Black Mirror? Fuck yes. OK, there's an episode, Hang the DJ, where they have the relationships. Um, there's like a relationship app that will tell you when you meet someone, like how long you're going to date. And that, like, no matter what, you have to break up on that date and then they're going to have another partner for you. That's exactly like what you just described where you're like, yeah, okay, I'm entering into this therapy relationship with this this woman. And I know that after X amount of months, we're going to have to stop seeing each other. But I'm stuck with her until then. And I'm going to try to really become a good person and learn from her.
1: Oh, my God, (laughs) that's a bananas episode. I haven't even seen that one. I got to watch that.
0: Oh, I didn't. It doesn't really spoil anything. What I said, it's a great episode, though.
1: Oh, I don't care about spoilers. I feel like that is one of the most silly things in the world. If you haven't seen it and you want to see it, you should see it. Nobody should have to fucking censor themselves to something that they enjoyed.
0: Well, yes and no. But what if there's like a crazy twist ending where a main character dies? I shouldn't share that.
1: You don't think so? I don't. I I don't have enough emotional investment in your entertainment to care whether you've seen it or not. I'm going to talk about something I liked. Is that rude?
0: <laughs> no, it's not <laughs> rude. I think that the 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 thing is with spoiler things is if you're worried about something that is in the current cultural lexicon being spoiled for you, then don't go on the internet until you mm. watch it. Yes. That that's your fault. If you log on to Twitter and you see spoilers from The Mandalorian and you didn't watch this week's episode, that's on you.
1: <laughs> yes. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs>
0: So what brought you to the decision to go see the first therapist, like the one who you I don't know when you started seeing them maybe earlier this year? Um, I
1: think you can only figure I can only figure myself out so much. There's only so many times I can take mushrooms or take Molly or smoke weed or talk to friends like you can only get so far into your own psyche by doing that. Yeah. And And I just finally somebody described therapy in a way that made it click. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. Nobody goes to therapy. Um, You don't like, you know, it's not a Midwestern thing. Maybe it is now, but not when I was growing up. But the way they described therapy to me was talking to somebody who has no emotional investment, whether you're a good person, bad person, and kind of doesn't give a shit either way. And
0: yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it was it was like beautiful.
1: Like the stakes of talking to somebody who is not invested in you is is so rewarding. I can just like be myself and say what I want to say and get somewhere deeper than I ever could with somebody who I actually have a relationship with. So yeah, it's great. That's such
0: a great way of putting it because it's just this neutral third party, and they're not there to like judge you either way. They're just there to listen and give like actual educated, objective opinions, if you want
1: them. Objective. That's exactly it. The objectivity of it all allows me to like get deeper into who I am. And I have some kind of mental health history in my family. And I've had a Mm -hmm. bunch of I I need to pinpoint my deal and I'm getting closer. There were some things that my old therapist diagnosed me with. um, And I was on some pills for a while that I could look up and tell you what they are. um, But I don't feel like getting up right now. And
0: that's totally fine. I mean, whatever you feel like sharing, I think that we've all I mean, I've tried a lot of different medications in my day as well. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you
1: know, I mean, we we came to a couple of conclusions about what my uh, mental health disorders could be, but they never landed on my heart like a bullseye. And so I I was always kind of like, yeah, maybe, but I don't think it's that I think it might be something else. And I've taken a lot of tests online. So I probably know quite a bit. And (laughs)
0: oh yeah Yeah. those are all perfectly accurate it's not like you're just like secretly ticking the box to get the diagnosis that you want or to not get the diagnosis that you don't want
1: right exactly no way (laughs) no way (laughs) so um i'm you know my one of my big goals with this new therapist is to kind of lock in what my deal is. And I'm not scared of medication, especially if it's better for me. But um, I've gone through like weird mental breakdowns and I've gone through deep areas of depression that I know runs in my family. And I've gone through Mm -hmm. just like these bipolar peaks that are just bananas. And I'm like knocking on friends' doors at six in the morning and I haven't slept for 24 hours. And I'm like, let's write. And it's just like inappropriate behavior that, <laughs> um you know, is it-
0: wait <laughs> hold on yeah sure. go back because this is entertaining yeah. i'm sorry if it was distressing to you i mean
1: uh i'm a comedian this is all fucking material
0: <laughs> uh you did not sleep for 24 hours and then showed up at your friend's house at 6 a.m were you thinking at all or were you just like totally out of it?
1: I was just like so inspired and feeling so creative, but I was uh-huh. so but I was so lonely and alone that I just kept buzzing their intercom to get them to wake up and like okay. and make something with me. I was like, let's write a script. What do we do in? Let's go like early bird catches the worm. And like, I think that's the problem. I think that's not the pro- it's not a problem as much as like a consequence of not Understanding that there's consequences when you're just so out of bounds and so, um, I don't know, bananas that you don't really think did, about it.
0: Yeah. What did your friend say? Did they wake up?
1: They did wake up and they were like, hey, man, I'm sleeping. It seems like you <laughs> should get to work. And they just kind of like gently turned me around and walked and like headed me back to my apartment, you know? So. Oh
0: kind of them. Super they weren't kind. like a dick about
1: it. No, not at all. I think a lot of the things that I've done, I'm sure that I've made some choices that in my head have hurt my career because I wasn't able to get a handle on my own mental health at the time. Mm-hmm. And they and those things because they're not intertwined with drugs and alcohol, I think that it's an even worse regret and more shame around it for me. You know, because it's your own you betraying you. It's not like your choices yeah. to get drunk or your choices to do drugs had an impact. It's like you betrayed your own self. And so when that happens, how can you actually even trust yourself to make good decisions?
0: And that's. It hits me so hard. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. I get it. Um, yeah. Because I've dealt with like just not trusting myself uh, to be able to like handle it, you know, I, have like weird I don't really have it anymore, but I used to have a lot of like weird nightmares about being successful and then um having a meltdown or just totally losing it and then as a result like losing whatever career I had built for myself, you know? Oh. So that's a very real fear that I used to buy into. I don't really think about that anymore. I have new things, but you know <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. Oh, there is always a new one. Um it's I-
0: always a new Can
1: I ask you about uh, that? Because that's that's something I can't that part I can't relate to. But the idea of like self-destruction or fear of success or like your subconscious wanting something but also being too scared to grab it. Like, would you manifest those things in the real world where you would say no to something you should have said yes to? Or was it just a dream that would like be sticky like a vine inside your body?
0: A dream and then it was also uh it would stop me from putting myself out there. Yeah. That, I guess is the best way of of putting because it would just be like, well, I'm worried that I'm going to fail so I'm just not going to even try. Yep. That's kind of what what I used to think. I think that there was a huge change for me that happened uh almost 3 years ago um when I got to act, I got like a a the, a really big part in a feature film for the first time and got to like be on set for a few weeks. And after that, I don't know, there was just something that shifted to my brain where I was like, "Oh, cool, like uh, someone actually gave me the chance to do like a bigger part and like something that matters like this is something that's possible for me. It feels tangible, it feels real, and then I just kind of grabbed the bull by the horns and went and took a bunch of acting classes and like reinvigorated myself. It's not like I ever quit acting, you know, like I've been working on and off since high school, um but I think that there were a few years where I just kind of felt uh directionless,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah (laughs) for sure like that kind of validation that is like that you respect and other people respect goes so far you can hold on to that shit for 20 years and it'll keep you fucking chucking along it's good gas
0: i gotta be honest during quarantine i have probably spoken to my therapist more than i've talked to my best friends she's always there for me to help me through those tough times and if you're looking for someone to help you with your mental health journey and you don't want to deal with calling a million therapists only to find out that they're not accepting new clients, then you should probably check out BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the best resource for online counseling. They will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist and you can talk with them via unlimited messaging, video calls, or phone sessions. It's super easy. And if you want to switch to a different therapist, you can do so at any time without an extra charge. So, Take it from me, your gal, who's very picky about therapists. You've got to check it out. So if you go to betterhelp.com slash cryingbehindpod, you'll get 10% off your first month since you're a listener of this podcast. That's betterhelp.com slash cryingbehindpod. And full disclosure, yes, they sponsor this podcast. So if you go there, you'll be helping me out too. Win, win. So... As far as your, like, history with cannabis and weed and stuff, like, you're an expert now, right? Uh, You (laughs) you guys were the – I mean, you're the official – an official selection of South by Southwest 2020. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh. 2019 top cannabis podcast you need in your life. I mean, you're an expert now, right? Where did this all start? Like, did you – were you a kid who, like, tried weed in high school or was it later in life?
1: Yeah, I tried it when I was, I think – Somewhere between 13, 14, 15 for the first time. Okay. And um, it took me a couple tries for it to land the way that I was hoping it would in my life. Um, and once it landed and it kind of, you know, the the environment and my the people I was around and the strain, like once everything all clicked the way that you hope it clicks, like some kind of weird indie Zach Braff movie... <laughs> then I was just like off to the races. And I was like, I love this plant. I love how it's helping me. Um, I mean, I I want to learn more about it. And I want to learn more about like how, what it functions like in the world. And when I get, I'm, I get pretty obsessed with things pretty easily. And once I do, I try and dig as deep as possible, as fast as possible. And, uh, and for me, like weed is one of those things that is always, it's kind of always been my friend or my bud, I guess you would say. Because, you know, sh- ding, 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 ding,
0: ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Would, but, I mean, say what you will about weed. It's always been your bud. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm actually, I'm having a little weed soda as I talk to you. Oh, was I that a that can? That would be
1: a pro- mm-hmm. Oh, that stuff's great. Nice.
0: It's really good. What I like about it, because I'm kind of a baby with weed. I didn't try it until my last year of college. So I don't have a big resistance to it, you know, or big tolerance, yeah. I guess you would say. But this is like, it's only two milligrams of THC, four milligrams of CBD for the whole can.
1: That's awesome. So
0: it's just like, oh, I'm just chilling. Like, I don't feel high. I just feel relaxed.
1: Yeah. It's a little bathtub for your soul, right?
0: Ooh, yeah. <laughs> they, should, they should take that into their marketing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when you said, it was interesting what you said about when you started weed, you were like, oh, it took about two or three tries for it to land the way I wanted to and to get the rea- reaction that I was hoping for. What were you hoping for?
1: I was hoping that it would, I wanted it to change my perspective without making me change who I was. And once it did that, and I realized that I could like, it wasn't going to make me like, you know, I had to quote unquote overdose. Like you can't really overdose on weed. The worst that can happen is you take a nap. But I had to (laughs)
0: like,
1: you know, go over the edge of what my tolerance was to figure out what I really enjoyed. And at the end of it, like a two milligram, like you're talking about, like what a lovely sweet spot of, you know, not too much, not too little, just something underneath like a, you know, a couple smooth rocks in the river. So it's real nice. Um, But once I got there and I could kind of like click into my dosage, I guess, then it really did become a medicine for me. And I'm always a little... I'm always a little trepidatious to be like, it's plant medicine because it's such an. Yes, it is. But nobody wants to hear that. That's such boring jargon. And I know you have to say that to, like, move policy forward and get politicians involved and get, you know, federal legalization and Apple and Heineken and all these big corporations need to use this jargon because that's how things get done. But yeah, but plant medicine makes me roll my eyes like good weed in the right dosage, in the right strain for the right person, you're going to find a place inside you that you hopefully resonate with. And it makes you feel like a better you. And that's all mm. you can do.
0: Wow. Wow. I feel like anybody listening who has not tried weed, you've just sold them. <laughs> <laughs> find a better you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Cause it's, I agree that it, It is medicine. Like there are certain situations such as – like I know Charlotte's Web, which is a really popular CBD dropper. The way it was developed was to help a little girl who had epilepsy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in that case, I mean, it kind of is medicine, right? But at the same time, like there are so many other uses. There are recreational use. Sometimes you just want to have fun or sometimes you don't really like have something quote unquote wrong with you, but you want to get in touch with a different – side of yourself. You want to be able to see things from a different um, perspective. hundred
1: you know? percent. I could go, so, I could and, go really deep into the word medicine and why it makes my skin crawl. A little, like I'm holding my neck as I talk, but at the end of the day, Cause
0: it's, it, it's, it's too clinical, it's, right?
1: Yes. But the thing is, is that you're a hundred percent right. And when it comes to like PTSD for veterans, it is a huge help and it gets people off of opioids, which is also medicine, but it's medicine that fucking murders Americans every single day. So like when you group it into the word medicine, some people are going to be open to it because it's a word they're familiar with and they take Dimetap when they're sick and a Luden's cough drop when their throat hurts. And other people are going to be like, yo, I don't fuck with medicine because I don't trust pharmaceuticals. And so it's just real tricky. And at the end of the day, I think that's why you can be like, it's a plant that grows on the earth and people are in prison because of it. That shouldn't be. And other people are not in prison. Um, and they're making billions of dollars on it corporately. Like it's mm-hmm. it's all real tricky. But at the end of the day, it's a plant and it helps me be a better me again. So, you know, there yeah. you go.
0: No, I agree with you 100 percent. And I am excited to see like one positive thing that happened with the election is there were a lot of states that legalized cannabis, you know. Yeah. for either medical or recreational use. So I think that the, the, the tides are turning.
1: 100 percent.
0: People are seeing it differently, I think.
1: And the cool thing is, too, is like. uh, The culture around it is changing, which is really exciting. Um, Like we always say on our podcast, Weed and Grub, like low and slow is the way to go, because, um, you know, try something, try it slowly, like dip a toe in the water. Don't do a cannonball. So that's the best way if you haven't smoked weed or taken an edible or done a tincture. Fucking a, you know, a dab is a different story. A dab will make you, Uh-oh. you know, listen to a song on repeat all night, drinking orange soda till the sun comes up. But you know,
0: is is that the stuff that's the wax?
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Oh man, I did that one time. Never again. Respect, <laughs> <fact>. totally. Yeah, <laughs> it was too much for me. I remember that was the one time in my life that I actually thought I was going to die from weed.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you can't. what's ever
0: happened to you, fucking. No, but it feels like it. it totally. I know you can't. It felt. <laughs> I don't know what happened to me. It was actually, yeah, I'm trying to think. This is my early 20s and I was like partying um at my now boyfriend's house. We were friends back then and I would go over to his house and smoke with him and his buddies. But I remember they had way higher tolerance than I did. And they were like, oh, here, try this wax. It's this new stuff that we got. I was like, all right. like I don't know anything, right? I take one hit of it and I got so high that I remember I was like, my throat felt like it was closing up. I was crying. I was like, when this stop? (laughs) Yeah,
1: that sounds terrible. You go to the you go to the cabinet for a cup and you already have a cup in your hand. It's just a nightmare.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it's it's fine. I don't mean to scare anyone off of it. Uh, I think it's just, yeah, like you said, dip a toe in the water and um. I mean, do you have it's interesting because I didn't know until like even a few years ago about all the different strains as far as like sativa, indica, hybrids, things like that. If someone was getting into it, uh, what should they be looking for? What's like a good beginner situation for people?
1: I love that question so much. I think there's like two answers. One answer is clinical and boring, but it's the better answer. And then there's the more fun answer. Um, okay. So the clinical, I'll take both. Okay. So the clinical and boring one is if you go on this website, Leafly, L E A F L Y.com, it better be a com. If it's an org, get your life right. Um, (laughs) and there you can, you can almost customize a strain based on what your deal is. Almost like you would build a sneaker on a custom Nike app. So you can be like mellow, um, you know, low energy, Um, something without a lot of THC and more CBD, more sun-grown, organic. And you can really find what you think might work for you. And then that will lead you to dispensaries that hopefully carry something like that strain. So you can really do a lot of research online before you go into it. Um, Another way that I like to say is get a lot of stuff if you can afford it and try a little bit of everything and keep a journal. There's this awesome company... I'm going to shout them out because I've kept a journal with them before called Goldleaf. No, this
0: is great. Okay, Gold cool. Goldleaf?
1: Goldleaf, yeah. And they make these journals where you can kind of track your cannabis journey so that you can really dial it in. And for people who do use it as medicine, it's especially helpful because let's say you do have PTSD or something like you can figure out like this or this or this and this is how many milligrams and or, you know, somebody who's going through chemo it can really help you dial in exactly what you need and what those dosages are. And that's when it is in maximum performance as a tool.
0: That's so smart, actually, that you talk about the journaling because I've done that a lot and I recommend that to people a lot when they're taking, um, psych, psychological like medication, you know? Yeah. Um, if you're taking either it's a new antidepressant or anxiety med or whatever, if it's a new one, it's really good to journal your symptoms every day so you can keep track. Um, and I, why not do that with whatever cannabis product you're trying? Like, okay, I took it at this time. I ate before, I didn't eat before. This is how I felt. Um, you know, scale of one to ten. Was it good? Was it not good? Do you want to try this again? You know, so it's it's um that's so smart.
1: Ooh, thank you. Because I'm gonna use that if I end up with this new therapist, if we end up locking something in for myself and I end up trying a new script, like. that's never occurred to me. So thank you, Katie. That's awesome.
0: There we go. Yeah, no, I journal mine. I actually, cause, uh, I like to keep track, uh, cause I'm taking like anti-anxiety medication as needed right now and I'm trying to wean myself off of it. So I keep a journal of like when I take it. So, and if I didn't write it down, I would never really keep track.
1: Yeah. You think you're going to remember that great idea and you're like, I don't need to write that down. I'll remember it. Nah.
0: Nope. Nope it's just, it's gonna go off into the wind. <laughs> it might come back, sure, uh, but it might not. Yeah, uh, and I mean when I I gotta say when I'm stoned I always come up with like my the best Shark Tank ideas. Does that happen to you? I love this. Please say more. Like just well almost like like the kinds of ideas that we were pitching at the beginning of the episode like a infinity bubble bath things like that. I feel like those are ideas that I come up with when I'm stoned. Yes. Right. Oh, like yeah. it's always those million dollar ideas and sometimes I'll just write them down for later.
1: That's great. That's so fun. Yeah.
0: Like, I, what did I come up with last time? Um, oh, I came up with something called a tat patch, which like if you have a tattoo, because, you know, sometimes you have to cover it up if you're an actor, especially, or just because you're going to a family event or something. There's makeup, of course, but like, what if you're wearing a white shirt? You know, it's going to rub off on that. What if you could order like a custom skin colored patch that was the exact outline of your tattoo? You could stick it on and like blend it in and then you were fine.
1: That's so brilliant.
0: That was a stoned idea.
1: Nice. A tat patch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what, do, you, do you have any examples of good ideas that you've come up with?
1: Yeah. Oh, well, it's not. A, I don't know if it's a good idea, but it's a wish I had recently. I was eat, okay. I was eating uh, waffle fries, a bag of frozen waffle fries, and I wish mm-hmm. that they had sold the inside of the waffle fry, like the little dots, almost like you would sell a donut hole to a donut. I wish they would sell <laughs> the inside of the waffle fry.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. Because how fun would those be right. to pop in your mouth?
0: That they, they, they would be like little potato squares, little tiny, tiny squares. Yeah.
1: You grab a handful of those like popcorn and throw them in. That's a fun thing to eat.
0: Heck yeah! Wow. You know what? I mean, I would eat that. Yeah, you're a, you're a chef. You could you could make that. I,
1: yeah, actually, I could make that, but you know.
0: <laughs> I mean, um, is is cooking a big part of like when you're cooking? Does that help you with your mental health? Um, is that like uh, some sort of activity that you do with other people alone? Um, I can
1: cook with Mary Jane, who I do weed and grub with, and she cooked on an Alaskan fishing boat for four seasons. She's a oh, wow. great cook. And so because we spend so much time together um, and we develop recipes for like um, we develop recipes for weed companies and we develop recipes for this cookbook idea that we have so we, we can cook together. But ultimately, when I cook, it's I'm a pretty solo dude, like everything. If you were to track my life. I was a hockey goalie, which is like a solo thing on a team. I'm a stand-up comedian, which is like a solo thing. And the audience is the team.
0: Yeah, you're uh, very alone up there. Yeah, yeah. For sure.
1: And so cooking for, is, that for, is that too also. Um, but it's so process oriented, which I love. Like You can cook and freestyle within the parameters. But I think that the thing that I love more than cooking is using a knife to make exact cuts over and over and over. Um,
0: ooh, that's very relaxing, yeah, right? It's like those um those videos that they're always talking about, like very satisfying, and then you just watch someone slice through butter mm-hmm. right? Yes,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: Are but, you into those videos?
1: i my Instagram explore page is all sneakers and ex and like and cuts, yeah, it's so relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the actually i I love cooking, but my favorite part of cooking. It's actually probably doing the dishes because there's this like feeling of perfectionism and closure and doing a job well done and then putting everything back the exact way it was before you started. That to me is Ugh. so satisfying.
0: Wow. I wish I lived with you. Wow. <laughs> like someone who loves to clean and put things away. Yeah. That is Because I I'm that way for me, like having my my kitchen and my bathroom have to be clean. They have to Mm -hmm. like if I wake up the next morning and I see dirty dishes in the sink, it's just it's not going to be a good day.
1: That's not a good day. I mean, I'm looking (laughs) at the uh, shelves behind you and I can tell that you spaced everything out to your pleasing amount of space between items. Everything on those (laughs) shelves looks in a way that is like calming and perfect to you is how it looks.
0: Thank you. Well, yeah, I also was cognizant of the fact that like, you know, we've been in this pandemic for a while. We're all trying to style our Zoom backgrounds. So even if there might be a mess off camera, I don't want anyone to know about it. Yeah, I got you.
1: There's that <laughs> there, that pile of laundry that hasn't been folded, and you just dig around for new socks in every single day, for
0: sure. Yeah, I'm trying to think what. It, yeah, because like, there's a few things that, like, yeah, because my my dog is not here, but I have her dog bed here, and then I have her dog treats and a random, random shit, and I was like, okay, gotta clear that off the shelf. You know.
1: Yeah, and but <laughs> but we're all we all have a nice facade. Our Zoom is our new lie, isn't it? We got it all figured it out, and it's all together. That's so interesting.
0: It is because. It's like, okay, you've decided this one wall in your home is the one that's acceptable for public consumption. The rest of it, no. (laughs) Yeah. Don't look over here. (laughs) (laughs) I remember when the pandemic first started and I was, I don't know what I was doing, but I remember I used to always do like Insta stories when I was out. You know, and and then all of a sudden it was like I was never leaving my house. And I was like, this feels very intimate, please. Like you're in my kitchen. Why are you in my kitchen right now? But I have to talk to you and this is all I have. (laughs) So now I've shattered the facade. You thought that I lived in some multimillion dollar house. No, I I was just living in a studio apartment (laughs) (laughs) at the time. (laughs) The facade has been shattered completely. Mm,
1: Yeah, I hear that. (laughs)
0: you know i was gonna ask you about which i i was listening to a few different episodes of your um podcast was how was it talking to jim belushi
1: pretty fucking cool i really respect him i like him a lot he has a big heart and he is also the kind of person who i i learned a lot from him talking to him he he's um the first time we interviewed him we talked about um his his Blues Brother brand for cannabis. That was ultimately why we were talking. But then we started talking about his brother and ayahuasca and how he's used ayahuasca as a very healing plant and medicine in his life on countless times. And there was something just really human about him. And I think when you talk to people who are just celebrities, like as a broad name for the type of people who reach a certain level where their house is paid for by doing TV and movies and their house is big. They're a celebrity. But at the end of the day, there's somebody who has a lot of love in their heart and wants and a lot of people that are relying on them for work. And I think that was the part that was so interesting was him talking about needing to take charge of his own life, doing ayahuasca, feeling a like so many emotions about his brother and then having everyone from farmers to his family to production staff to grips and all of these people relying on him as the star of a show and what that can do to a person. And the thing I learned from him is how you can thrive and you want that because it allows you to give your all and everybody gets to grow and thrive and get a paycheck because of it. And that can fuck some people up, but you meet somebody like him and they thrive in that kind of situation.
0: That's beautiful. I mean, I think that that is a really great definition of success is that you are able to provide jobs for other people or you're able to impact other people's lives in some way. And it's not all just about you. Yeah. Um, And I think that's really beautiful. I guess because there's still stigma around it. You think like, oh, weed is for young hip people, not for like The guy who played a dad, the dad on a sitcom, you know,
1: totally. Isn't that wild where it's like, oh, (laughs) it's for it's for burnouts and losers or artists who didn't make it or like whatever it is. And Mm -hmm. then, yeah, low key. um, Robert Altman used to smoke a joint after filming every single day while he watched the dailies just so that he could look at his dailies from directing with fresh eyes and Mm -hmm. not dwell on how the day actually went, but on the footage that was in front of him. So it's a pretty good tool, you know?
0: Yeah. And do you use it like for you? Is it something that you like microdose throughout the day? Or is it uh, more like that you use it as a tool at certain times that you need it? Um, How, Like what's hmm. your relationship with it right now?
1: I've had a lot of different ones. I've abused it to the point of just being stoned from morning, noon till night every single day. And it 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 only took me so far. You know, like it only right. helped my comedy so much. It only helped my relationships with other people so much. It only helped my anxiety and group so much before it became like um, the opposite of what I was using it for. And it was like isolating me because I didn't know what my deal was. And then other times I'm just like, ah, shit, I'm I just feel like smoking a little weed and watching a movie and hanging out. And that's great, too. So it's really and, and where I am right now. Well, at the beginning of the pandemic, I smoked and a lot I ate a lot of edibles. I was just trying to get through the fucking day. Um
0: Yeah, we all were. You know?
1: Yeah. And where I am right now is like I I'm I get high every day for sure. It just matters on when I do it and why I'm doing it, so that I'm I'm using it the way that I like to use it. So like I've been exercising, doing this 30 day apartment exercise routine to try and like, mm-hmm. you know, just get fucking I want to get so hot that I don't have to do comedy anymore. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think you're very attractive, Mike. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: Thank you, Katie. I just, <laughs> I want to, I want to just like, I want everyone to pay me to take my shirt off. And that's my career. Oh. Yeah.
0: Before I let you go, because uh, we've been talking for a while, I wanted to ask you, I have a little segment called Hot Tips. Hot tips, hot tips, hot tips. I'm Where I would like to know that if you have a bad day, uh, whether that's like an interview on your podcast that didn't go the way that you wanted, or uh, I guess in the before times, if you bomb Mm on a comedy show, uh, when you come home, what is something that you can do to hack your mood, to make yourself feel happy?
1: Um, Gosh, there's so many things that I try and do. You got to dump it. You can't keep it inside. And let that fucking trash bag fill with nonsense. Like, you gotta empty the goddamn trash. Write it down with a pen on a legal pad until it's all out of you. Fucking dump that shit. If you like morning pages, hit them morning pages three pages a day in the morning. If you just started therapy and you're like, ooh, this feels weird and greasy and all this stuff's bubbling up after you finish your therapy session, dump it on the fucking page. Let your brain go into your hand onto the page where it dis a fucking and you will feel lighter, you will feel more centered, and you will feel better for it
0: I feel like that's like a very strong uh like person vouching for journaling and i I'm here for it yeah. like I'm here for how enthusiastic you are about journaling because I feel the same way. Like writing really helps me too. You got to dump that stuff out because if if you just sit and let it fester in your mind, even just like calling a friend, it's helpful too. Just something to get out because if it stays inside, it's just going to get worse.
1: Yeah, it, You only have so much room in the fucking pipes before it gets all clogged up. So, you know, you got to get it out. I think the other one for me is exercise like you mean it. Like exercise to the point where you push yourself and feel like you want to cuss and spit and moan. And like you feel kind of gross by the time you're done exercising, like push yourself further than you feel comfortable so that you can leave it all out there. Because when you don't exercise your body, it just makes it easier to continue to not exercise. And boy, oh boy, our our fucking limbs and joints and muscles are made for moving. So you got to lube them up and get them going.
0: Yeah. Yeah, these are great hot tips. I, I'm i into it. And I think you, with the exercise, you have to do it regularly because I've noticed that if I take a week or two off, that first workout when you come back is always just brutal. Yeah, it is. And it's it's actually easier if you just keep doing
1: it. <laughs> yeah, totally. And then you feel <laughs> fucking guilty if you miss it, which is the best feeling in the world because that means you're going to get it done.
0: Uh-huh. I mean, Jewish guilt—that's the biggest motivator yeah. that that I've ever had. You know,
1: <laughs> like the idea is like God is like Katie. That's it.
0: <laughs> oh, I was waiting to find out what God was going to oh, say to me. I thought I was the today?
1: Katie, have you exercised? <laughs> you got to
0: exercise. <laughs> yeah, it's like Mike. Did you did you call your therapist? <laughs> did you also call your mother? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, and I guess the only
1: advice is, because since this one, we've talked a lot about weed is um, give it a shot. And there's so much research and education out there now that if you're nervous about it, I mean, check out Weed and Grub if you want to learn about it on a day to day level or DM me in my IG or something. But at the end of it, like low and slow, give it a whirl. Um... Don't freak out. If it's not for you, it's not for you and that's okay, but you know, I I do think it really helps people with their mental and physical health in a way that um alcohol or clean eating or, you know, other things just don't.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can get behind that absolutely. It's I I would say indica Specifically discovering that and figuring out what kinds of edibles that I'm into has been really a big game changer for me with uh, being able to sleep and anxiety and uh, all that kind of stuff. That's so, so good. That's so good. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm super behind it. Um, well, are there any last words of wisdom for people uh, as we're heading into 2021? uh you know, if anybody's struggling out there, feeling lonely, anxious, depressed, uh, and they're looking for some, some advice, mm. some unsolicited advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know, here's what you should do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, advice is dangerous. I'm not all about advice, but I'll say I think the, a good way to give advice is to lead by example and just like do it yourself. And then if it inspires someone else to do that for them, that's a good way to give advice. So I will say that what I'm doing for 2021, which I have done for the past five years, and it fucking works, is I'm going to make a new vision board with new emotional, physical career goals, and I'm going to put it on my wall, and I'm going to make it my phone wallpaper so that I'm looking at it every single day to remind myself of what I want to achieve. And it feels pretty goddamn good at the end of the year to look at it and be like, holy shit, a lot of this stuff happened, even in COVID. A lot of stuff on my vision board came true, and that feels awesome.
0: Yes. Oh my goodness. Well, I don't think I could say but any better than that. I I need to make my vision board for 2021 now. Yeah. <laughs> you've you've inspired me. And making it the phone wallpaper, that's fucking brilliant. Cause then you always see it. I just have a picture of my dog <laughs> like an idiot. <laughs> i should have a vision board on here i mean not that she doesn't make me happy but like you know yeah she doesn't encourage me to achieve my goals (laughs) so get it out of here Um,
1: (laughs) you're out dog whatever your name is you're out of here
0: coconut she's fine she means well you know yeah uh well thank you so much for coming on the show and everyone please check out weed and grub it's a great podcast. Very funny. A lot of awesome guests, and you and Mary Jane are really, really fun to listen to.
1: Thank you so much, Katie. And if you want to follow me on Instagram or anything, it's at glazerboohoo. And if you like this podcast and you like what Katie's doing because it is so positive and pure and like makes me feel good, uh, give her five stars on fucking iTunes, y'all. Like, click five stars. It takes no time and means so much, and it helps boost podcast algorithms so that more people can find it.
0: Oh, thank you Mike. Thank you for plugging my show. <laughs> I appreciate it. Hell yes. All right. Thank you. I'll talk soon. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that it made you feel a little bit less weird about whatever random shit life has thrown at you lately. Some details will be in the description, but you can check out the full episode guide on cryingbehindpod.com. Uh, for a list of all the fun stuff and resources that we mentioned in this episode, uh, you can find us on Instagram and all the other platforms at Crying Behind Pod. I've been your host, Katie Dahl, uh, and you can find me at K-A-T-Y-D-O-L-L-E on all the platforms. Um, Mike's podcast is called Weed and Grub. You should go check it out. Go listen. It's very fun. Uh, and you can also find him on social media at Glazer Boohoohoo. <laughs> I love that username. So please subscribe, review, rate, or share this with a friend who might enjoy it. Uh, And also in the spirit of today's episode, you know, uh, don't be afraid to try something new. Maybe uh, check out those different websites that Mike was talking about and see if you can find a strain of cannabis that might help you um, with whatever it is that you're going through. Next time you're sad, just throw on your sunglasses take a walk outside, and remember, stay cool, stay present, and stay sunny.